Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer. Tonight, I am drinking the Nutty Nightmare from LTD Brewery. Sorry, I, I think I got something caught in my, <laughs> my beard here. So, sorry about that. For my local listeners, you don't have to go far to check out this place out. They are right in Hopkins, Minnesota, right on Main Street. So, the Nutty Nightmare is a stout. Um, and truthfully, I've never been much of a stout drink, stout beer drinker. Um, thinking about it, I never knew why. But after trying this, I remember why. Um, stouts in general, including the Nutty Nightmare, obviously, are just very dark and frankly, uh, very dark for me. For those that are actually curious, yes, I love Guinness, um, but that's about as much as I can do for dark beer. So weirdly enough, <coughs> the darkness and everything kind of hits you all right away, but in an odd way, as you get to the aftertaste, it kind of lightens up on you. Um, it does have some flavor to it as it's technically listed on their website as vanilla hazelnut coffee stout. And oddly enough for me, I can actually smell more of the vanilla hazelnut flavor than I can taste it. Um, and truthfully, with it being a coffee stout that I didn't know about before um, opening this up and trying it, I was expecting more of kind of a coffee aftertaste uh, than I'm getting. Um, and I'll be completely honest. Um, I've had an assortment of LTD beers before and I've enjoyed their other ones. Um, this one I'm not as much of a fan on, not too much of a big fan. Uh, but for those stout beer drinkers or even those beer drinkers out there that enjoy darker beers, I welcome you to go try it and give it to me from a perspective of somebody who can actually take these beers and actually enjoy them a little more uh, and tell me what you think. But like I said, honestly, for me, not not a big fan. Nonetheless, you guys should go check out LTD Brewery. Right now, they are open with limited capacity. So go on their website to make reservations. You can order your beer, root beer, merch, or snacks from them to go as well. That's ltdbrewery.com. And right now, they're open Monday through Wednesdays, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Thursdays, 10 to 10 Friday and Saturdays 10 to 11, and Sundays 10 to 8. I really hope as it gets nicer here in Minnesota as well, they open up more of their activities because before COVID, they had some really cool uh, event every night of the week, whether it was a trivia night, a bingo night, they had live music, or some other kind of fun event. Um, so now that it's warming up, I'm really hoping that gets true, and I hope to see you guys there soon. Goldie's Locker Room Talk. For the men's hockey team, this last weekend, they were able to get wins number three and four against the Michigan State Spartans for the clear season sweep uh, against the Spartans this year. On Friday night, senior Brandon McManus scored the eventual game winner and added two more assists as the Minnesota Golden Gophers earned a 4-2 win over Michigan State. Minnesota jumped out to a two-goal lead late in the first period when Ben Meyer scored his 10th goal of the year with just less than four minutes left in the period. Then in the final minute of the first period, defenseman Jackson Lacombe netted his fourth goal of the year for the 2-0 lead into the first intermission. 
Then a little over seven minutes later into the second period was when McManus would score the eventual game winner, like I mentioned, as the Gophers went up three to nothing. Just a few minutes later after that, the Spartans would eventually get on the board courtesy of a shorthanded goal. And then each team would trade a goal in the third period to wrap up the scoring on Friday night's game. Also at the conclusion of Friday night's game, goalie Jack LaFontaine picked up his NCAA best 16th win of the season. So a huge congratulations out to him on that big feat. Then on Saturday night, 73% of you mini weekend fans guessed the Gopher game correctly as 11 Gopher players contributed at least one point as the team earned its ninth sweep of the season, winning 5-1 to one over the Spartans on Saturday night. The Gophers jumped out to a large lead in the first period from four goals on 10 total shots in the span of just 8 minutes and 14 seconds. Colin Munson, Scott Reedy, Ben Myers, and Jack Pervix all got the goals for the Gophers in the first period. Then in the second period, Sammy Walker would close the five-goal run for the Gophers just 7.31 into the period. But then seven minutes later, the Spartans would get on the board and conclude the scoring for the series as Jack LaFontaine would stop the remaining 18 shots he faced in that game too. Next up for the men's hockey team, they'll actually have the weekend off before they face off against the University of Michigan Wolverines in their final series of the season. The Gophers are now sitting at 19-5-0 on the year and have a four-point lead on the Badgers for the number one seed in the Big Ten standings heading into their final series of the year, like I mentioned. Women's hockey team. For the women's hockey team, they also cruised to their fourth sweep of the year, outscoring the Bemidji State Beavers 16-2 in their final regular season series. The Gophers end their regular season with a record of 11-7-1 and and are heading heading into the WCHA playoffs. Saturday night, the Gopher girls proved 87% of you mini weekend fans right again as they cruised to a dominating 6-1 win over the Beavers behind a hat trick from Grace Zumwinkle. Minnesota jumped out to a 3-0 lead after the opening 20 minutes behind goals from Crystal and Hengler, Greg Zumwinkle, and Abigail Boreen. Then Abby Murphy extended the lead 2-4 in the opening four minutes of the middle frame. Bemidji State got on the board when Taylor Nelson scored for the scored the Beavers' lone goal late in the second period, but Zumwinkle would answer for the Gophers with her second of the game to push the lead back to four at five to one. Then in the third period, Zumwinkle capped off her hat trick with her 15th goal of the season at the 12.59 mark of the third period. Lauren Bench stopped 14 of the 15 shots she faced in the opening night game. However, the women's team proved to be even more dominant on Saturday night's game, scoring seven unanswered goals. The Gophers jumped out to a 2-0 lead in the game's opening three minutes before Bemidji State got on the board. But Minnesota tacked on two more goals before the end of the first period. The rest of the game after that was all Minnesota as the Gophers scored twice in the second period, including another Crystalline Hangler Hengler goal, which proved to be her third power play goal of the season, and added three more goals in the third period. Michaela Paul and Olivia King split time in net 
for the Gophers in Saturday's game, with Paul making six saves on seven shots over the first 40 minutes before King stopped all four shots she faced in the third period. The girls were led all weekend by Grace Zumwinkle, who had four goals and eight points, and Abby Murphy's three goals <coughs> and six points. Next up for Minnesota Gophers, they will have the weekend off from competition as well before the first round of the WCHA final face-off. It returns to Ritter Arena on Saturday, March 6th and Sunday, March 7th. The WCHA's top four teams from the regular season standings will meet in a four-team tournament battling for the league's postseason crown and automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. For the men's basketball team, they lost their lone goal, sorry, their lone game they had this last week against the nation's number five ranked team by 31 points. But before we dive into that, we have our first question of the night. Cass asked, what are your thoughts on March Madness? Is it still happening? Still in March? Great question, Cass. And I'm super freaking excited for March Madness, especially more this year because we didn't have March Madness in 2020. So those are my thoughts. Yes, it is still happening. And yes, just like in year, years past, it'll start mid-March and finish up in early April. For those of you listening to this that know me, I am beyond ecstatic and cannot wait for this um, March Madness. Um, like I mentioned, did not have it last year and was completely uh, upset and sad about it, but we're we're moving on to bigger and better things. So the tournament this year will actually be held cast in a bubble bubble environment in Indiana. Um doing research. I couldn't remember if we talked about this before, but <clears throat> like I said, bubble environment in Indiana with the final four being played in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And surprisingly, I'm hearing that the NCAA will be allowing a limited amount of fans for the tournament. It sound, it's sounding like it'll be 25% capacity with social distancing with face coverings as well. From what I did read, it sounded like essential workers of the game, family, and uh, families of the players and that kind of stuff will take priority and then fans up until the 25%. So, um yeah still still a couple weeks before it gets going but yes i'm very excited Cass. thank you for your question once again um for the gophers this last week like i mentioned they weren't able to really even make it a close game against illinois um from warm-ups to the final handshakes the fighting illini proved just to be the better team uh, they, in fact, had a 31-8 to edge in fast break points. They shot 56 from the floor to Minnesota's 40%. And for the Fighting Illini forced 18 turnovers by the Gophers. Illinois also took a 15-point lead into halftime and didn't take their foot off the gas as they started the second half on a 14-2 to run. So, for the 38% of you on Instagram who said Illinois was going to win, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, truthfully, uh, before we move on, just talking about March Madness right now, I'm not loving Minnesota's chances of getting into March Madness or even getting a favorable seed outside of maybe a 15th or 16th seed. Um, 
for in my opinion for them to get a nod i really think they need to end their season here on a four game winning streak for starters and then we'll go from there nonetheless this next week they'll have three of their last four games tonight they're actually hosting the northwestern wildcats at 8 p.m on the big 10 network saturday they'll travel to lincoln nebraska to take on the corn huskers at 6 p.m and on Wednesday, March 3rd, they'll be in Pennsylvania to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions at 6 p.m., all on the Big Ten Network as well. All three of these games are also very winnable for them, as all three of these teams are actually below the Gophers right now on standing. So, fingers crossed. As for the women's hoops team, they went 1-1 one one on the week. Back on Saturday, they were in College Park, Maryland, for a game with the Scarlet Knights and lost 62-94. to to start the game, the Gophers got a three-pointer from Powell and a jumper from Sissico for an early 5-0 lead. But Maryland answered with 18 of the next 20 points to take control of the game and truthfully wouldn't look back. The Gophers only had 13 turnovers in the game, but six of them uh, came in the opening quarter and they all led to eight points for the Terrapins. In total, Maryland had 23 points off of Minnesota's giveaways in the game. In fact, they took a 24-point lead into halftime, and truthfully, the rest of the game was history. Sophomore Caddy Sissico was the lone gopher to reach double figures in the game, scoring 16 points, uh, and Sissico also posted a team-high 7 rebounds and had two of the team's three blocks as well. Minnesota played without the team's number two soar, scorer, Sarah Scalia, who missed the game with a non-COVID-related illness. And then the Gophers saw their top scorer, Jasmine Powell, go down in the second quarter with a lower body injury. Powell, who finished with five points and two assists, did not return to the game. However, last night was a different story as Minnesota got contributions up and down its lineup and used a late-game defensive stand to shut down the Nebraska Cornhuskers 73-63 in a win in Williams Arena. With starting point guard Jasmine Powell out for the game with an injury <clears throat> suffered at Maryland, four golfers reached double figures as they recorded their first ever three-game win streak over the Cornhuskers. Senior Kadiba Hubbard tied for the team lead with 14 points, with 11 of them coming in the second half alone. She added five rebounds and three steals. Fellow sophomore Sarah Scalia in this game took more of the point guard duties with Powell out and responded with a great stat line of 11 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds to go with 3 steals and no turnovers. The game was tied at 62 apiece with 3.43 to play in the game, but Minnesota outscored Nebraska 11-1 over the remainder of the game to sweep the regular season series between them. Although it was a tight game in the first half, the Gophers women proved to be the better team in the second half, like I mentioned, and the rest was history. Up next for the team, they will play their final regular season game at home as their only game uh, next week on Sunday, February 28th at 1 p.m. against the University of Michigan Wolverines. That game can be seen on the Big Ten Network. As for the volleyball team, they are coming off their first split of the season. Friday night saw the Gophers take care of the Cornhuskers 3-1 in four sets. Then on Saturday, Nebraska handed Minnesota their first loss and sweep of the year, 0-3. On Friday night, the Gophers went 
25 to 15, 20 to 25, 26 to 24, and then 23, 25, sorry, to 23 to improve to 9-0 on the season while hand, handing the Cornhuskers their first loss of the season after a perfect 6-0 start to their season. Minnesota's keys to victory in Friday night's game were Stephanie Same Day's 27 kills, Regan Pittman's 14 blocks, and CeCe McGraw's three aces and serving runs. Same Day also hit 379 in the match when she had 27 kills as well. Five errors in 58 attempts, so not bad. Uh, McGraw also had three aces and served a total of 31 times in the match. She also added 19 digs. Uh, Adana Rollins had 11 digs. And Melanie Shaftmaster added 35 assists and also had four kills, 14 digs, and five blocks. So a wonderful outing from her. And then, like I mentioned, on Saturday, the Gophers lost three straight sets, 17 to 25, 15 to 25, and 22 to 25 for their first loss of the season. In their loss, Minnesota was led by Taylor Landfair, who had 14 kills, hit 33% in 30 attempts. Stephanie Same Day had 12 kills in 37 attempts, and Jenna Wenis and Regan Pittman each had four kills apiece. CeCe McGraw also added a team-best 14 digs, while Katie Myers had three big blocks for the Gophers. Next up for the volleyball team, they will have a week off as the matches between uh, the Michigan um, this upcoming weekend have been postponed. Just yesterday, it was announced it was mutually agreed upon by both teams due to health and safety concerns within the Michigan program to postpone the game. So Gophers will take this extended break to get ready for their trip to Columbus on March 5th and 6th to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. For all you college spring sport fans out there, you are in luck. Both Gopher baseball and softball seasons are not far away. For you baseball fans, the Gophers men's team will be in action the first weekend in March as they will compete in a 13-weekend Big Ten only excuse me, regular season. The Gophers will play in even 22 games at home and 22 games on the road. Starting, with, starting for them, they will host the first two weekends in U.S. Bank Stadium. As for the women's softball team, we will see them in action for the first time this weekend. The Gopher softball team will actually be playing their early weeks in Leesburg, Florida at the Sleepy Hollow Sports Complex from February 26th to March 14th. Returning to campus is the weekend of March 26th. Minnesota opens the season playing six games in three days. They'll play doubleheaders against Maryland on the 26th, Ohio State on the 27th, and Indiana on the 28th. The girls are bringing back 15 players that include senior pitcher Amber Fisher and senior infielder McKenna Parshan, who are two of the 30 candidates for the senior CLASS award. The, this award highlights student athletes who excel both on and off the field in their respective sports. So congratulations to you ladies. McKenna Parshan has also earned all Big Ten honors in back-to-back -back preseason years as well. So good luck to both the Gopher baseball and softball teams as they open up their seasons with a bang. So this week's local business shout out is near and dear to my wife and I since 
he was there to capture our big day, our wedding. So without further ado, this week's local business shout out goes out to Narvald Photography. Narvald Photography does wedding photography, commercial photography, portrait photography, and much more. Even though he is unfortunately located in the worst of the two states, Wisconsin, instead of Minnesota, <laughs> um, we uh, we wanted to give you a shout out this week. Nick Nick runs is, and is the owner of Narvald Photography, and he is wonderful to work with. Um, he reach out for any photography needs. Uh, he especially if you go look on his website, it's just narvaldphotography.com. You can check him out on Instagram as well. He's got a Facebook page. Um, so he, he uh, when we spoke with him, he, he told us how much he especially loved doing weddings. Um, and he was nothing but accommodating and very well to work with from the beginning to the end, especially in the midst of COVID. Um, one of the things I almost, I also wanted to mention, he is based out of Wisconsin, but he actually lives in Menominee. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciated from him is with living in Menominee, he's willing to meet you anywhere and go wherever you want for your big day. We had our uh, wedding in Dayton, Minnesota, which was which is kind of out by uh, Elk River a little bit. And we did our photo shoot in Hudson. So um, we've seen pictures from him. He kind of goes all over the place, which is very awesome he goes above and beyond every penny we gave him was very well deserved and we can't thank him enough for everything he did for us for that so like i said go over and check out his website narvald photography that's n-a-r-v-o-l-d photography.com his name is nick and you will absolutely love working with him you can I mean, that's a Jack Ashman guarantee. I mean, there, there's no two ways around it. So go check them out and give them some love. Now for our second question of the night. Dan wants to know, will the Twins ever win a playoff game? Comma, ever? <laughs> Yikes, Dan. You are, uh, you're really putting me on the spot here. Um, honestly, even though I am the eternal optimist that everybody knows on this podcast... I'm not going to say it's going to happen this year just because I don't want to make any promises and I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I have to believe, Dan, in our lifetime, yes, we will see the Twins win another playoff game. Um, I just, truthfully, it's, it's, it's not even the optimist in me. It's, I've, I've always been, you know, whether you love, hate, or adore a guy, you have to admire greatness, and I just, I have to... Um, I just have a hard time believing that a team like us that has so much bat power, defensive power, and a team that's been in the, as aggressive in the pitcher game as we've been, if you can't win a playoff game, there's there's something going on, clearly. But in my mind, Dan, the question isn't will they win a playoff game, but when will they win a playoff game? It's It's a matter of time before they do because everybody wins playoff games and only one team can actually win the pennant. Um and I know I speak for probably 99% of fans when I say this, I'd love to see them win a playoff game this year and a playoff series to get the money, monkey off this young team's back. But, you know, crazier things have happened. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get this thing turned around and um, 
I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah. Um, with that update for you, Twins baseball fans over out there, spring training games are now starting on Sunday, the twenty eighth. Here, the Twins will be playing the Red Sox that day. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure how much of spring spring training is actually televised. I would imagine FSN Sports would probably pick up some of those games, but I'm not entirely sure. However, the Twins are playing a 29-game schedule this year, and I will. Um, uh, and I did check; they are having a game every single day in May, in, except the 20 or no, except the 8th and the 18th. So they have it. Baseball fans getting closer and closer to opening day. Um, now on to the Wild. Our our avid listener Dan also wants to know: Will the Wild make the playoffs this year? And truthfully, um, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, Dan, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to give you a yes or no. But I do, I will say this. I like our chances of making the playoffs. But if I'm a betting man, which sometimes I I am, my money would be on us getting into that third or fourth uh, spot in the division, which just like anybody knows, once you get into the playoffs, it's just a completely different game. So... Um, one thing I do want to point out, though, is it's still very early in the season. Yes, the Wild are currently in the midst of a four-game winning streak, but we need to remember not only are we only a little over a quarter of the way through the season, but we had to postpone five games to, to, due to COVID. So I can't help but think down the stretch that the um, I can't help but think down the stretch that we're going to see um, a little wear and tear just from a lack of time between games and such, but Hey, you know, anything can happen. And I think Dan thinking about answering this question for you. Um, I like our chances because the questions that were kind of in my mind, kind of asked of the while coming into this season are all kind of coming, coming true. A lot of people weren't sure. Hey, you know, is, uh, is, uh, Kirill Kaprizov going to be as, as great as he is. And, so far, he's he's being awesome. He's he's averaging just under a point a game. Um, we're getting scoring all around. Another question a lot of people had was: Is Kevin Fiala is he going to take that next step? And I I think he already has. He's played in seven games. He's tied for the team lead with six goals, and he's got seven points on the year. So, I mean, he's he's doing well. Eric Sinek is scoring the goal for us, scoring goals too. Uh, Victor Rask has five goals. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're getting help all the way around, which is awesome because teams that heavily rely on one or two guys to kind of get those points, you know, don't usually don't end well because you see, okay, you know, if something like that happens, then, you know, if they're out, then you're kind of screwed. So it's, it's awesome to see this happening. We currently have three players with at least 10 or more points, Joel Erickson, Jordan Greenway, Kuro Kaprizov, who are all young guys. So um, all, all things pointing north, but again, don't want to get um, ahead of ourselves here. And yeah, like I mentioned, we're on a four-game winning streak right now. So uh, you 71% uh, Mini Weekend fans voted for the Wild in favor of the Anaheim Ducks on the 20, uh, or the San Jose Sharks on the 22nd. You guys couldn't have been more right. They won 6-2, to two, and in our four-game winning streak, we're outscoring our opponents 20 to four and Kapo Kakinen is playing awesome too, and he's getting good, good offense on the uh, other end. So, uh, lots of things to look forward to. 
um, for the Wild. So next up for them, they'll actually be home on Friday and Saturday for games against the Kings. Both of them will be at 7 p.m. and can be seen on Fox Sports North. And then they'll hit the road for four straight games. They will be in Vegas on Monday night, March 1st, and Wednesday, March 3rd. Both games at 9 p.m. and on Fox Sports North as well. So now on to the Whitecaps. I, I still have yet to get any news on the NWHL on whether the 2021 playoffs are even going to resume or even possible updates on the 2021-2022 season. So still stay, stay tuned for that. Also, in our latest polls this last weekend, about a third of you, 33 cent to be exact, thought the playoffs will resume. But it's looking like you, 67% of you guys who voted are um, probably right. So, truly, like I said, I haven't heard or seen anything. I've been checking aimlessly uh, a couple times a day. But in my mind, each day that goes by with no info is not good news on resuming these, um, these playoffs. So... Um, yeah, that's what I got there. So for the Loons, no new news on the Loons as a team, but as of Tuesday, the MLS announced the 2021 season was still on, but will be pushed back due to COVID-19, um, reasons. The 26th season of the MLS will begin on Saturday, April 17th, which is seven weeks later than normal. Uh, part of this being, like I said, uh, in due to the end of the 2020 season being delayed as well. But the regular season uh, will wrap up on November 7th with the 2021 or 2020, yeah, 2021 playoffs starting on November 19th. And the MLS Cup final will take place on December 11th. So also for you soccer fans, the MLS will add an expansion team in the 2021 season in the Austin FC, who will be coached by the U.S. men's national team star, Jeff Wolf. So, uh, there you have that. Um, as for the Timberwolves, opposite of the Wild, uh, they lost all four of their games uh, this last week, extending the losing streak to six games. But uh, once again, before we get too much into that, we have another question from Dan. Dan wanted to know, uh, was the firing of Ryan Saunders the right move? And sh in short answer, Dan, yes. Um, but to add on to that, I'm not sure how I feel about this very uh, sudden, excuse me, uh, hire. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm all for this uh, firing of, uh, crap, of uh, Ryan Saunders. Um, I never the in the the tricky thing for me with this I've never doubted Ryan Saunders as a coach I've never thought he wasn't a good guy in there it was a typical Minnesota move for that to happen um but truthfully um I always questioned if he was the right guy and you know you can say what you want but in my mind uh, the difference between a coach and a um, the right coach is, is a real thing. So it, you know, it, it sucks to see him go because his, you know, his dad did, uh, everything that he did for us with flip RIP. Um, but let's just break it down for you guys. He, he, he took over in the 2018, 2019 season, uh, and brought us to a 17 and 25 record, which wasn't terrible, all things considered. And then last year in almost, um, an extended season to that, was only 14 and 25 uh, and then this year I mean 
So as a career, he's 43 and 94 with the, so that's a win percentage of a little over 300. So, um, yes, it was the right move. Um, and then this Chris Finch, um, I, you know, I, um, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, usually uh, it sounds like right after we fired, uh, Saunders, we hired this guy to a, um, to a multi-year contract which was very interesting to me because usually you take uh, one of your assistant coaches and at least keep him as an interim coach um, for, for the time being until you figure things out. So it kind of begs the question that, hey, what, was this something they, they, they had coming for a, a while or um, you know what was, what was really going on there? So... Um, yeah, and I know that they've been criticized for everything like that. We're not going to get into that, but um, yes, Dan, I think I think that was the uh, the way to go. And truthfully, the the Wolves have, I mean, what were thirty one games in, so they have more than twenty games. I mean, truthfully, in my mind, they only need to win eight or nine games the rest of the season. Um, to prove that the firing of him, uh, of Ryan Saunders, was worthwhile, and I know I, uh, I know what I said earlier, but we're we're not going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, the Wolves just aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, we we've dug ourselves too much of a hole. We have a lot of, um, we have a lot of uh talent, but it's just not going to happen. And honestly, as of a couple minutes before I got on here, I found out. Uh, the NBA is suspending Malik Beasley 12 games for conduct stemming from charges this offseason. So uh, having kind of conflicting feelings about that as well, um, considering we're um, being penalized, or I shouldn't say we, but he's being penalized months and months and months after the... Um, the uh, um, what actually happened in the off season. So, um, it's just, it's tough to see that happen. Um, and you know, when he's been doing as much as he has, it's hard to see him go. So that kind of sucks as well. Um, but moving on, uh, next up for the wolves, they'll go to our nation's capital on Saturday for a game against the Washington wizards at 6 PM on Fox sports North before coming back for a quick two-game homestand before the All-Star break. Sunday the 28th, they'll take on the Phoenix Suns at 8 p.m. And then Wednesday, March 3rd, they'll play the Charlotte Hornets at 7 p.m. Both of those games can also be found on FSN North. Uh, now on to football. We, oddly, we, we had a couple of questions with regards to football here, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, ben asked... What do you think is the most most athletic position and in football, and why? Um, you know, Ben, I I I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and um, I I don't have one answer for you, but I have to say it's probably either the an outside linebacker or a cornerback, and the reason I say one of those two is because usually. Their outside linebackers or cornerbacks aren't very tall individuals. They're they're tough positions to play. I think cornerback is the toughest position to play, regardless. Um, but they're typically they're typically guys that are very fast and very in very good, um, 
shape because they don't know if they're going up next to they're going to be covering a guy about their size uh i mean some of these wide receivers you see guys like d hop or um uh gosh i can't even think right now but there there are a couple guys out there that are six three six four six five and they're wide receivers and it's tough to cover those guys and especially if you're a cornerback covering a tight end that's tough and that's why i had to say that or either an outside linebacker because sometimes your outside linebacker is about the same stature as a cornerback maybe maybe a little more meat on his bones but he's asked to cover essentially a power forward with uh with pads so um that's that's what i would have to say um you know i think you know i love questions like this because i think uh i i've heard of some people saying you know uh, most athletic is wide receiver and i i don't think there's a wrong answer in this and i love kind of asking people and figuring this out but that's that's uh that's what i think ben um derek asked will the vikings ever win a super bowl and you know derek it's <laughs> it's been tough these last couple of years for me too man um i do have faith that in our lifetime, similar to Dan's question about the Twins, I do have faith that in our lifetime, we will see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. Um, however, I have a little bit of hope because our key guys like in Irv Smith, Delvin Cook, um, and Justin Jefferson, they're so young. The more I think about it, I think our opportunity for um, a Super Bowl is a little longer currently than I think. I'm still standing... I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, Derek. I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast. I've never been a big Kirk Cousins guy. I don't think we are going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. So as soon as we get rid of him and we get a young guy or we get a veteran guy in here, we can start talking, you know, it and getting into it. But truthfully, I, I, I don't see us winning a Super Bowl behind Kirk Cousins. I just, I don't. I have a hard time believing that that'll happen. And I will be the first to eat my words and praise him if by some miracle he does so um yeah and honestly um you know whether it's something that might be happening within the next year maybe two years or three to five years kind of depends in my opinion on what we do this upcoming free agency this upcoming draft and all of those kinds of uh fun things as well so with that i think it's worth um I think it's worth noting that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. It's worth noting we're 63 days away, so a little over um, uh, two months away from the NFL draft to see kind of what shakes up and happens there. And for all my um, bleeding, bleeding purple Viking fans, we're about 196 days or six and a half months away from the 2021 NFL season. So, um stay golden uh lastly before we go we have one last question Cass asked me today why did you start your podcast what is your ultimate goal for it and um that was a great question Cass um so first things first why did I start my podcast uh for those of you that listen to my podcast that don't know me I am a sports sports enthusiast and I actually had this idea three, four years ago, back in like 2016, 2017, maybe early 2018. Um, and I spend at least a half hour a day checking my phone on pointless sports, um, 
pointless sports uh, stats, you know, checking scores or things like that. So I thought, first of all, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I look up all this stuff. Why not, you know, do do something with it? So then with that, I kind of got on the horn. I made a couple of uh, <coughs> and put out a couple of episodes kind of unpublished or published, but um, didn't really, you know, weren't anything serious about it at the time um, back then. And then I kind of got this idea for, hey, you know, it'd be cool. Um, you know, I kind of look at the newspaper as kind of maybe, you know, losing art. And I thought, hey, you know, it might be a cool thing to do a podcast of talking about sports and entertainment happening in our backyard. Now, like I've mentioned in our earlier podcasts, you know, with COVID shutting things down, it's been, you know, you know, we can't really talk too much about concerts that are happening because there are no concerts. We can't really talk about, you know, big events and things like that because COVID's kind of shut a lot of things down. But I'm hoping by the end of this summer, we'll be able to get into, um, we'll still be able to do our sports stuff, but we'll be able to get into more entertainment stuff. And, I, and, and, and truthfully, I urge those of you out there that listen to this that maybe aren't as into sports as I am or other people are, ask me some entertainment questions. I'm, I'm just as interested in the entertainment aspect and kind of getting people information um, and, and things like that. And, you know, again, going off of you, you, your question, Cass, why I started, um, I've always loved, in a weird way, this is going to kind of sound weird, I love helping people. So like I said, I love kind of, you know, being in the know and, you know, telling people things and, you know, everybody's lives are so hectic, mine included. Um, but if I can, you know, do something that I'm passionate about and help you guys, you know, keep you up to date on, you know, sports or a topic in sports that you like or entertainment, Minnesota entertainment, anything like that. I just, I think that'd be really cool. So, um, that's, that's why I started my podcast. And then what is my ultimate goal for it? You know, um, I have a lot of, <laughs> I'm I'm someone who's very, uh, I have a lot of ideas and I always have a lot of things in my mind. I don't always go through with them though, but I, I'm really trying my hardest to do that. So um, ultimate goal for this, you know, I'd love to turn this more, a little bit more into a talk show. I want to, you know, get in touch with some uh, sports colleagues and some friends and kind of turn some of these episodes into more of a um, talk show, kind of going back and forth so you guys don't have to listen to me yammer on every single episode um but ultimate goal i'd love to be able to you know maybe you know uh get some get some sponsorships or you know get some you know some minnesota business you know that's the minnesota business shout out thing and the you know the talking about these breweries are kind of near and dear to my heart so if i can help any of these uh, minnesota small businesses out um you know, my dad once told me, if you can find a way to work for yourself, why wouldn't you? And, um, you know, that's kind of how I look at this. And, you know, if it goes that way, great. If not, you know, it's been fun doing this. And, um, you know, I still plan on doing it for uh, a long time now um, until you guys, uh, you know, get sick of me. But, um, yeah, so with that, I will leave you with our wrap up here. So remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter and Instagram handles are at mini weekend and email is mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D 
at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Minnie.